The camera fades in, a close-up of a halfling woman's face taking up the whole screen. We can see some scars on her face. A lifetime of adventure written for all to see. Her years getting up there. Her hair is obscured by a wide-brimmed cowboy hat that hangs partially over her eyes. We hear her voice speak, with the shot tight on her eyes. Ah, is it playtime? The camera cuts and shows a tense scene. We are in a rundown brothel. Nice once upon a time, but the decade of neglect shows on its broken floorboards and torn rugs. The workers have all ducked beneath the tables and chairs, looking for cover from the inevitable showdown. A large orcish woman, the madam, rolls her eyes and mutters something about children as she meanders over towards the bar. The barkeep, standing safely behind the counter, yells at the bounty hunters to get out before I call the shield marshals. The camera lingers for a moment on our group of future outlaws. We see Reficule, eye patch clung tightly to his face, gun at the hip, locking eyes with the halfling and the bounty. By his side is Saruk, eyes narrowed on the man they have been searching for, Aldo Stubb, bound and gagged. Behind the two, just stumbling through the door, is a woman decked out in gadgets and goggles, Anita, followed closely by her walking robot, Wybert, and a pale-looking fellow, getting up there in years himself, takes a long drag on his cigarette as he throws his poncho out of the way. Across the room, we see a thick-armed man currently cracking his knuckles. We see he's wearing thick metal gloves, dented and covered in blood. And behind him, right in front of the halfling woman, you know is Ruthie, we see a husky-like dog baring its teeth and barking in your direction. Ruthie simply smiles, letting the moment hang in the air for a little while. Well, ain't this a happy family? Saruk. Saruk steps forward. Yeah, and she calls your name, right? She says, Saruk, is that you, honey? Recognize the description. <laughs> Pleasure to make your acquaintance. And you are... Uh, you can call me Ruthie. Sure. <laughs> Ruthie, if this needs to go to violence, this can go to violence. I don't think I have the ability to talk you out of it. We come from, I nod towards Baldo, a former partner of his. Before this goes anywhere else, can I ask for a few minutes alone to talk with him? Carry words before, well, you know, the inevitability of the law. If not, and then I just kind of, like, I don't turn, I don't turn my body at all away from this person, but I, like, elbow comes, points towards Refi. I just, with my one eye locked onto hers, 
I wink at her. <laughs> she smiles as she looks back towards Aldo. Sorry, bounty's claimed. You know how it works. It's You don't mess with another hunter's payday. You had your shot. You were too slow. I'm not trying to mess with your payday. Simply, how do I put this for you? A moment of kindness for someone? You can understand, right? She looks down, and the dog right at her knees is baring his teeth, and you see the man, like, standing at the bottom of the staircase, you know, just flexing a little bit, like, eyes hard on, uh, you know, uh, Refugio's looking there, trying to look pretty menacing. This dude's staring right back with, like, bloodlust in his eyes. No, I don't think that's how this is going to go. Tell you what. She, like, strokes her chin just a minute. How about you lot stand down? I'll turn the mark in. I'll buy everyone a drink. Offer you some career advice. Win-win for everyone, right? I have a career, and your terms are unacceptable. I step forward and hand goes down to where uh, the mace is. Her eyebrow goes up, and there's like this moment that like hangs in the air. Almost like the tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife. And basically, like in that moment, you see the man, been very stoic to this point. He lets a little smile out as he sort of makes a like aggressive maneuver to run at you guys. And we're going to roll initiative, y'all. Remember that part where we said big X over the entire chart? <laughs> yeah. Didn't work. You hear the whistle followed by a bunch of gunshots. <laughs> Alright, so let's we didn't get to see this very much last week. Let's switch over to the battle screen. Woo! Uh, yeah. She's you know, she's old school, she's not being talked down out of her bounty. Let's go ahead and, and get you guys on the initiative tracker, yeah? Ooh. So this is you guys on the bottom floor of this tavern known as the Iron Bells. You know, you guys have kind of standing near the front door. There's a barkeep. This woman is backed up a little bit. And you see, a, like, random patrons kind of ducking for cover around. They're positioned at the staircase uh, that kind of leads up to the second story where they've just come down from. So there is, like, a whole second story above you guys. Uh, you guys can go ahead and add yourself to the initiative tracker, and I will roll initiative for the NPCs. Ooh. Ooh, I see a natural 20. You know what that means. Crits in chat for the GM. <laughs> did I roll? Oh, I guess I did. Uh, pretty terribly. I I I need an answer, Rook. I don't see you guys with an did you guys roll? Okay. The one on the carousel is working, yeah. Got it. Oh, wild. Uh let me That's a sixteen for Refugule. Oh ten okay. for Annie. Ten for Annie. 
All right. It just gave me the option to roll in the not carousel. Yeah, I don't think the carousel wrong initiative necessarily works. Okay, not bad. 19. Gotcha. Yeah, you definitely got to pursue a lead in this situation. Your lead's right in front of you, right? <laughs> All right. Well, in the story, you know, this guy, um, Sansi, you guys don't know his name, his name is Sansi. Uh, he was the first to make the reaction, and with his natural 20, he is indeed the first to react. So, speed. Oh, okay, wait. You rolled initiative. Refi, would you like to take your 10-foot step? Uh, is it on my turn? I, I don't know, is it? Yes, on my turn, I get a free action to use a 10-foot step. Okay, so it's not when you first roll turn. initiative, it's on your first turn of combat? Right. Okay. Awesome. So, actually a little... Like, it's probably bad he's, like, exactly too short. So first action, like, runs at you guys, like, across. Got his knuckles, you know, sort of, like, nice and big. Uh, he steps here in front of both Saruk and Ruffycule with his second action. And with this third action, he takes his sort of thick gloves... And um, you watch as he just tries to cold clock uh, Refugio before you can get your gun out of the holster. Yes. All right. So, first attack. That's going to be a 19. Uh, 19 hits. All right. You're going to take four points of bludgeoning damage. All right. But... That is his turn. Uh, Saruk. Okay, so before I do anything on my turn, billion questions. Of course. First of all, <laughs> God, the music sting. I have so many questions. Music. <laughs> uh, this door down here is the only means of getting out on the first floor. It doesn't look like there are any windows from what I'm seeing. Yeah, this this building is made of like pretty thick metal-like and it doesn't look like there's, it was built a lot of windows in mind. So on this first floor, that does appear to be the only way in or out that you see. Sounds good. And then hostiles are the person who just socked Refugule in the jaw, the husky and behind, right? Yes. And that's yes. all? Those three are, seem to be the hostile ones. There's All the other tokens in this room are just people currently cowering. They're not openly acting aggressive to either side, as you can tell. And Aldo is still like bound and gagged. Um, so are he's the NPCs or corpses in waiting. It's um, important questions to ask before this flash. That's your guys' choice. But okay, so now that I I know who to attack and who not to attack. Yeah. I suppose first things first, targeting the the person directly in front of me. We're gonna do that thing that my class do, and we're gonna devise a stratagem. Devise a stratagem. Okay. I think this macro works. I have literally not Ooh. tested it. It looks like this. So it's a 19 on the dice, which looks like it should be a total of 26 on your... I will take it. So then I'm going to interact to draw my mace in its melee mode, uh, not uh -huh. holding it as if it were a wand, but holding it as if I wanted to hit someone in the side yep. of the head with it. Then I'm going to hit this person in the side of the head with it. Of course. <laughs> so fun fact for you to make you do a bunch of work. Uh, Saruk has... 
Oh, a feat that I remember the name of for sure. Takedown expert. So unless I like definitively think it is a life or death, they would be immune to non-lethal damage or otherwise my default setting is I am swinging to knock out, not kill. Right. What a 26 at the person in front of me. Yep. No, that is, that is an awesome feat you have. So, uh, the default for Sarukia is, is non-lethal attempts of damage. Okay. So 26, uh, that is a crit. Nice. nice. Okay, so then that shakes out to... Oh, uh, this macro might be... Well, I can turn on device strategy. What am I saying? Because Foundry is cool. <laughs> so assuming that math came out right, and it looks like it did, 18 points of non-lethal damage directly to their temple. Yep, so you, you have the bludgeoning oh. that's crit damage, and then you also have your precision damage uh, on... on so what is what is the your precision damage is anytime you use your device a strategium? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well you know eighteen points of damage with one swing of your mace uh, cracks him upside the head. You watch as his eyes roll back and he crumbles on the ground, like puts his weight into you, Saruk, and then like just rolls unconscious on the ground in front of you. So before I end my turn, I look up at the person I was speaking to. Are you entirely sure you won't let me talk to the man? And I just glared past her. Nice. That's uh, one damn intimidating turn. <laughs> uh, that was. <laughs> very cool. Now, okay, and that—that that was all—all all three actions, I believe, right? Yeah. Device your stratagem, str- then draw a weapon, then right? Strike. Now, does your stratagem is it free because you're? your lead is actively here or i think the target has to be yeah yeah so 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 if you consider the person who is on the ground yeah so then i would theoretically get a free action if i feel the need to brain them but this one gotcha in this case i don't think he's technically your lead so no okay perfect all right well that'll bring us up next on the initiative halbrant i think seeing Staruk completely brain this guy. <laughs> I'll take the thing out of my mouth and I'll kind of give a side <laughs> eye to Anita and crack a smile and then put out my cigar and draw my longsword and then move up towards uh, I think I would move up here and I would like to, I wouldn't draw my sword, I'd draw my gun, my pistol. Okay. My coat pistol. And then I'll move up to there and then I would like to aid Reficule as if I'm going to take a shot towards her. And I'd holler at her and say, this big guy here right next to me is going to do that to your pup. I really, really like dogs. So keep him on that leash. But then I'm going to aid Reficule and then Reficule starts. Okay. Uh, you're aiding Reficule in, like, what are you aiding him to do? Attack? I'm going to feint a gunshot, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you're helping. Okay. Uh, all right. That's my turn. Are you planning, so do you want to use, like, fainting, so it's like a deception sort of roll, not necessarily like an active sure. attack roll? Okay, yep. I will allow it. Okay. Then that brings us to Reficule, who just got clocked moments ago. Right, so I get clocked. 
and I look up and just smile at him. And then I just see him get completely fucking brained. Yes. And I, I look over at Saruk and kind of... Not bad, Tusks. And uh, I'm going to take my free step over here. Uh-huh. There's like a... One, on one end of the couch, there's like this, you know, prostitute mm-hmm. hiding. And then you're... And as I'm, as I'm stepping to use this woman as cover, <laughs> I'm going to say, You misunderstand, Ruthie. The moment of kindness was for you. And, uh, Reficule's default damage is lethal 100% of the time. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, inter- I have a free interaction to draw my pistol, and I'm going to take a shot at Ruthie. Okay, so she's up the staircase. There's definitely, like, people and stuff. She's, she's going to have lesser cover on this shot, so I'm going to give her a partial, you know... She hasn't taken cover or anything, but she has standard cover from this shot just because of the positioning. So go ahead and make that All right. Will my deception go off? Yes. So at this point, you can go ahead and use your reaction to roll that deception for Halbrent. We're looking at a DC 20. Oh, that's a 13. It's not a critical fail. You don't harm in any way, but it doesn't actually aid. So, uh, it'll just be a straight shot for a rough kill. Alright. Really doesn't bite on your your feint there, Albrecht. Alright. So, I will shoot. Oh, that is an 18. So, it looks like it would have hit, but as she, like it shoots and it blasts the side of the railing on the stairs and the wood splinters all around, which causes your shot to miss. All right. Uh, I will uh, use my Reconter's Reload. Okay. To reload and then faint that I'm going to uh, shoot her again to create a distraction. Okay. So I'm going to make a deception check. Yep. Nice. That's a 20. Okay. Yeah, no, that that is a success for sure. Um, And she is now... What does that give you? Is it flat-footed? It's... uh, No, I'm creating a diversion to pretty much it... uh, Here, I'll put it in chat. Yeah, yeah. Creating a diversion uh, basically means that her attention is taken away from you, right? Yes, I can hide pretty yes, much. Yes, you, you're hidden to her, right? Or however that works. So I reload. Let me do that. And then uh, I'm going to spend my third action to hide behind this woman. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and make that stealth check. Yep, you become hidden to that creature. That's a 14. Okay, you think you're nice and hidden? Yeah, and that's my turn. Awesome. Uh, that brings us to Anita. Alright, so I'm, pro- I'm probably fucking this up, but I would like to hold my turn until after Ruthie, Ruthie's. Yeah, you want to delay your turn? Delay. There you go. Thank you. Yes, For I'd sure. like to delay right. my turn after hers. Anita's delaying her turn temporarily. Uh, up next is Ruthie's dog. Um, watching like Sansi get like clocked the dog like barks and runs in. So that's one stride to here. I think one stride kind of comes around this side. And with with 
its third action, it it uses its momentum as it runs at you, Saruk, to try to sort of like take your legs out from under you. So this is it's trying to trip you. Okay. So this is going to be an athletics check. Um, against Saruk's... Ooh. It's a 19. And that would succeed. Succeed, but not a critical success, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yep, so... Uh, success, you... The target falls and lands prone. No damage or anything. So you can go ahead and... Uh, you are now prone, Saruk. Whoa! Saruk goes down. And is laying down. The dog has sort of swept your feet out from under you. Uh, but that was all three actions. Um, and then uh, Ruthie gets to go next, and you said you're holding your action until after Ruthie's turn? Yeah. Okay. So seeing the dog, you could jump in here if you wanted. But you're I do, hold. actually, if I could. Yeah, you can. You, you can hold it at the All end right. of anyone's turn. You can hop in, so. Sweet. All right. So for my first action, I am going to, to command um, Wyvert uh-huh. to move forward. Are you spending right two actions or one action? One action, so he gets two actions. That is correct, okay. Um, and then he will attack the husky. Why, but smash! The first <laughs> roll would be... Oh, oh gosh, that's a natural 20. Wow, you guys really are... really good at Pathfinder. <laughs> crits and chat, Wyber. everyone. For Wybert. Wybert crits and chat. So Wybert would be dealing... Oh, there's not a critical. So just no, let me. My apologies. Be... Did what? Why was the other one a D8 and then this one? Um, did you roll? Make quick sure. You have two separate attacks. One is the big one, and one is a small. Yes, that is one. correct. So oh, okay. make sure you. Oh my man! So why? You just click that critical smash. button in chat up yeah, there, but yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, fourteen, four, still. 14 points of bludgeoning. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, unlike Saruk, who, you know, trains and, and has feats for this, Wybert's attacks are lethal, and you immediately, like, hit the dog so hard that the dog goes and falls over oh, and is like... Fuck. Oh, bloody hell! No, I did not mean that! I'm sorry, I'm uh, sorry! I say, uh, Anita says to Ruthie, and so that's Wybert's first action. Yep. That was technically and, two actions, right? Move oh, second. And yeah, yeah. So and then Anita spells Anita, more. Yeah, so Anita would use... I will okay. say that the dog is dying too, but not dead at this point. It's it's dying. It's, a, it's an important enough PC, mm-hmm. NPC that I'm not going to make it die because that's a poor little husky pup that you just smashed. I know. I know. Yeah, Ruthie's last, na- so last name isn't Wick, is it? <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those it elite tablets that are just stacking on wild. <laughs> I'm concerned. And then I would uh, step forward towards Saruk uh-huh. uh, for my second action and then use my third action. Could I help him up? Ooh, that's I'll interesting. Call like an interact action to make me not yeah. run. Mm-hmm. And, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll use an interact action to get him up. I would. If, if that doesn't feel like enough, I would be willing to use my reaction. A good point. So so let's let's check a couple of things. You're not holding anything your hands are free right now, right? Nope. You have free hands. Um, just the blood. Saruk's seven feet four, tall. You have a pretty Randy, just low shut the fuck up. Look, I know my mistake. I will say this. Piss off. 
if you can make an athletics check against his uh, fortitude DC, and because in this case he's going to use his reaction to help, I will give you a circumstance bonus to your roll because he's not resisting, right? As so, if I were like aiding. Okay, so yeah. like one. Uh, yes. Okay. No, no, take so... take. Let's just go with two. A circumstance bonus of two on your athletics okay. check. To get well, him up. That will be. Mon. Come on, Saru! I just yep. killed a dog. I'm so fucking sorry. So with- Saru just kind of like looks at you. There's a look of concern and a look of shock and a look of I didn't think you had it in you. And then no, it's not me. It's why, but it's why, but I'm just I have to wind him down a little bit. I'm sorry, but get up. But yeah, there's this it's moment, right? The hand reaches up, the two arms lock in with some kind of deep strength that surprises. It's just this little, you know, girl, like, lifts you to your feet. See, his original name was Bert. Now you know why we call him Why Bert. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the end of my turn. So Ruthie, who, at this moment, right, Ruthie potentially would have stood down. She hasn't even gotten her turn yet. And you've taken out every single crony she has. But you just killed her dog. It's not dead. No, yet. we dying tooed her dog. Come on. That is true. You dying tooed her dog. Why are you gonna die? In in her oh. anger, <laughs> you, you, she's you know she's got this crossbow like in her hand, and she's just like ugh. she drops her crossbow. She goes to her back. She uses an interact action to draw the giant dwarven blunderbuss that's a little too big for her with one action. And you see her fiddling with it, like, how the shit does this work? And Ruthie Wick points the, the gun right at... In this case, points it at Saruk. And just disclaimer, here at Recall Knowledge, we love animals and do not advocate violence against animals. Especially when the DM <laughs> is about to do splash damage to the animal from the animal's owner. Yeah, that's the that's the this issue, right? Because it, it would be hit. I was kind of like saying, it's low enough, it might not get hit, but... That Maybe. actually would have hit me if someone wouldn't have picked me up. So, excellent. Yeah, so the ping that picked up makes a difference. The shot misses. So because it misses, the splash damage... Like, there's just a giant spray of pepper, like, scatter. Everyone around you, the floorboards get, like, peppered with, like, these little pellets. And it just hits this 10-foot cone around you guys. But nobody takes any damage because she missed it. She doesn't really know what she's doing with uh, this sort of weapon. So that was draw the weapon, fire. And she's like, oh shit. And then she spends her third action to reload it. That's her turn. Back to the top of the round, not Sansi, who's peacefully sleeping. But Saruk. Okie doke, second verse, same as the first. Let's uh, have a crumb of devise a stratagem. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> Well, that's a, another natural so you, 20, so crits are really good at Pathfinder. Here's a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a fun thing. I'm wielding a weapon with the fatal trait. Uh-huh. They are currently in my, oh, God, just barely my third range increment. Oh, do I want to? That probably would then result it down to just a hit. But I'm going to interact. Everyone watches Saruk go from wielding this thing like I'm going to hit you with it to just kind of flip the hand, point it at her like it's a wand. There are three buttons 
just under the like where the business end of the mace is. I press one. There's a very loud bang, which shakes out to uh, well, you know, I could just click the thing and roll it. Uh, Twenty-seven minus what four? Yeah. Is it two per range increment, right? Yeah, and it's a range increment of twenty feet. Okay, so uh, so with that. That is uh, definitely a hit. And then because it's a natural 20, it still bumps it up to a crit. Oh, right. Yes. Even at range. Yes. So again, I'm doing numb. I guess I'm shooting her in the stomach somewhere where she's not going to bleed out. Oh, man. (laughs) This is going to be. So it's 1d8 plus 1d6 plus 1d8 times 2. Non-lethal. So they take... Uh, only 22 points of non-lethal damage. I could have rolled better, but... Uh, well, she had 16 hit points. And... So you incapacitate her exactly however it pictured in your head, right? You saw the math. Mm-hmm. You saw everything going exactly right. She's out for the count, right? You guys have just... Wow. Why don't you describe, Saruk, exactly how you incapacitate Ruthie? So... She draws her very big weapon that it's very clear she does not know how to use, goes to fire. I realize she's pointing, presumably, like, such that when it kicks, it's gonna make, it's just gonna scatter pellets all over the place and hit the ground. Suruk just is kind of striding forward in Orcish. We could have talked this out. And then up comes Mace, point it like it's a wand, bam. The bullet hits her square in the stomach, and down she goes. Saruk doesn't break stride and makes his way, unless something immediately happens in the turn order, towards where Aldo is. Nope. Yeah, you can go ahead and you make that shot. She clutches, like, her stomach, you know, the uh, gun, like, falls down the stairs, and she, like, falls over, and uh, she just goes unconscious from, like, the pain and the blood is kind of trickling out of her stomach, pooling on the stairs. But she's incapacitated. Uh, the only the only real time-sensitive thing going on in all of this moment is that poor Trietta, the pup, is, you know, bleeding out. Is there anything I can do to, to save this doggy? Do you have... Yeah, do you have a medicine a kit? Nope. Peace. Nope. Uh, so I, I will say, right? Saruk could drop his. Saruk's wearing medicine tools, and I think Anita is as well. Uh, do you mm-hmm. guys have. I don't think you guys have a bandolier. Or do you have it like worn do, like as a bandolier? Yeah, mine's on my bandolier. So you would notice, right, how that. There are two of your allies that have a medical kit within, you know, reach. So I think, I think Hal would probably. He would look back over toward over his shoulder to Anita, and he would kind of growl. And you see his like teeth, his canines pointed. You usually see him just chewing on a cigar with his mouth closed regularly, and his 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 nose kind of goes back a little bit. And are you going to be able to uh, take care of this dog? Yes, yes. All right. As soon as I could. Kneel down towards it and say you need to dog's vitals are here here and here you need to patch him there i got it aiding the medicine check yep okay okay so uh 
Reficule, what would you do in this moment where they're they're fighting over the the pup? I'd pop out. Thanks, lady. Thanks, lass. <laughs> and uh, look over. Bloody hell, Annie! What'd you do? It's not me. It's Wybert. Right. Good job. Good job, Wybert. And I'm going to uh, stride. Let's probably spend two actions to stride over over there. Yep. And then spend an interaction action to grab the gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there is like a sort of giant. Well, I see Saruk is there, and he's got he's about to grab hold of the. I... You know what? No, I won't grab the gun yet. I'm going to point the gun, my gun, at Aldo and say, it'd be best if you don't make any moves. Okay. Cool. Please. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that brings us to uh, before Anita gets to go, this pup has one shot to make a death saving throw. <laughs> I don't know if there's. Uh, I'll just roll the d20. Fingers crossed. We all want this pup to live. I mean, here's the thing. As a GM, right, once I roll this, that's that. I could just be nice and let you make the medicine check and let that be. No do it. You know what? I'm going to do that because it's in your hands, Anita. Whether this pup lives or dies is based on your role and not mine. Wow, way to pass the fucking (laughs) I'm giving you the shot here. So, Rick. Sorry, Hal as directing. You make the medicine check to aid this roll. DC 20. Do I get any bonuses due to my heritage? Oh, ooh, you want a, a circumstance bonus on this roll? <laughs> sure, I'll give you a plus one circumstance bonus because of your heritage. Because I really want this pup to live. Alrighty. God, it was a 20 for just a second. I'm going to use a hero point. <laughs> Save <laughs> you are! Yes, we're the up. If you have hero points in chat, now would be the time to give them to save this poor pup. Oh, look at that hero hey. point! It is a 19, which actually, even with your roll, isn't enough, but I feel like it needs to get it because you spent a hero point. So, uh, Anita, you can make a medicine check. You are going to get a plus one circumstance bonus from Hal's aid. And in this case, the DC is 17 because the pup is dying too. All right. Uh, Anita looks at Hal and says, I mean, I know this is is completely an accident. It's not my best fault. But you have to be—you have to admit that was pretty amazing. That's an eighteen. I'll do it. So that right. eighteen is I enough. I mean, did you see him wind up and just hit it? Amazing! <laughs> oh look! Yeah, you stabilize the pup. It is no longer dying. It's—it's it's unconscious. It's stable. Uh, but you work your little magic and are able to to stop this poor pup from uh, an untimely death. But I like, as you're doing this, Wybert is still standing over the top with his, like, buzzsaw, like, ready to kill the pup, right? It doesn't stand down. Wybert, you could calm down. It, like, goes into, like, standby <laughs> mode and just, like, tucks itself in and just stands over the pup, motionless. And I think with that, that'll do it. 
We are out of initiative. Wow, you guys. I mean, talk about some good rolls. I'm sure that will come back to bite us later. Mm -hmm. You all are pretty good at Pathfinder. I'll pick up the dog. Wrap him up in my my suit. My my blanket. Uh Uh-huh. He's coming with me. So, uh, yeah, you're standing over Ruthie, right? Ruthie is unconscious, bloodied. There's a... Sansi's over there, knocked unconscious. He's got his metal gloves and nothing else. Ruthie has, like, this sort of crossbow. You can see she's got a money pouch right on her uh, hip. And um, poor Aldo, standing there right under you, Saruk, is bound and gagged, looking at you wide-eyed, because you just blasted, you know, the person that took him... Uh, he's not sure what to think of you guys and um, is currently like struggling as, as, against his bonds and just staring up at you because he's tipped over at this point looking pretty high up at you. So I didn't want to interrupt anybody, but while the, the dog was being fixed, the first thing as soon as Saruk gets there is just lean in, firemen carry them as I get closer quietly in common. I'm not going to hurt you. We just need to talk and try to go like upstairs to where the nearest place with a door I can close is. Sure. So you can go ahead. You, you, you move upstairs and you take Aldo sort of with you. Ruffikul is close enough because he's just trailing you, right? You watch as Saruk Fireman carries Aldo up the stairs and tells him, you know, I just need to talk and goes up. We're not going to hurt him. When was that part of the plan? So you get to the top of the stairs, Saruk. Are you following him, Ruffy? I mean, you can still see him, right? You still have eyesight on him. No, actually. Not yet. I'm going to take Ruthie's coin purse. Okay. <laughs> Take the blunderbuss. It is a blunderbuss, right? Yes, yeah. So I'll, I can add that to your character sheet if you want to go ahead and take it. Put it over one shoulder. And then look down at Ruthie. Think for a moment. Actually, no. I, I look down at Ruthie, bring my gun up, point it at her. And then I think for a moment. And I look back. Annie, do we want this woman coming after us later? Do you think she would? I mean, you killed her dog and now, uh... No, he's alive, he's alive. No, he's alive. Right, but now, Whis- but now Whiskers is going to steal him. So, I feel like this yeah, lady might come uh, after us. It's not her dog anymore. <laughs> so, I'm going to kill her, yeah? Alright, well, I mean, next time don't tell me that you're going to kill someone. <laughs> well, no, but that, that, that's why I want... Like, I was just going to kill her, but I wanted to know what you think. Oh, I really appreciate it, Refi. But yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to take care of this person right here. And I fire. And I fire. As soon as she says, go ahead, I fire. I'm going to leave, like, before that happens. Yep, so so Hal (laughs) heads for the door. Halbrant steps out the front. The bartender's yelling at you guys, like, who's going to pay for this? Uh, And there's, a like, Saruk, you're walking, you're carrying uh, Aldo, and you just hear the... Boom, the unmistakable sound of Ruffikul's gunfire going off. And then I toss the coin purse, Ruthie's coin purse, to the bartender. Okay. And, yeah. So so that's all going on downstairs as Saruk takes Aldo upstairs. What is Saruk's sort of reaction to that, like, moment where you're carrying and just behind you, just... 
a loud, unmistakable gunshot. Honestly, I, I think the only way I can describe Saruk's reaction is just brow furrows, eyes narrow. Uh, Refi is meadow aware that Saruk will remember this. It's <laughs> maybe the best way to frame that. That's what you see on, on Rafikul's screen. Like, Saruk will remember this. Saruk hated that. Saruk will remember this. Yes, okay. But there's nothing out, like, overt in any sort of way as I'm trying to go do the thing. Okay. Yeah, um, as you... So, just for one second, like, Refi shoots uh, Ruthie. Ruthie's, you know, completely brained, completely dead. Uh, she also has a sort of crossbow on her and a short sword if anybody's interested in you know taking her stuff you should be able to take anything she's wearing um, off her dead body because she's dead now and her token is lootable including her chain shirt and stuff like that so we cut back up the stairs um where are you looking so you go up the stairs it looks like there's this long sort of narrow hallway that has doors on each side going down it and as um, you look down at the far, far end, there's sort of a nicer looking door that's currently like completely kicked open. Okay. And there's nobody in there. Uh, it doesn't look like it. You don't oh, see anything from the hallway. It's just a pretty nice looking room at the end of the hall. And all the other doors, there's like three on two on the left, two on the right. They both look closed. Okay. So then I suppose we just head that direction through the open door as soon as I get in, I will uh, set Aldo down on the bed, close the door, lock it. If the lock is not broken, it's not. Excellent. It actually doesn't look like there was a lock in the first place. Fair. So in that case, I will... Oh, gosh. If there's no lock, is there something like a chair mm -hmm. or yeah, yeah, something can... I can put under the knob so it doesn't just get kicked open? Yep. You could very easily wedge something in the room, give it some sort of support to at least slow someone coming in. It's a pretty heavy metal door, too. Okay. So then I'll, I set Aldo down on the bed. I remove his gag. I presume he immediately has... A lot of opinions you'd like to share. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, he does. So, uh, so immediately he starts coughing, right? He's had this gag in his mouth for some time. Like, who are you? That's not important. I reach down. I, I pull my water skin and mm -hmm. like pantomime lean your head back and I waterfall a little. Yep. Uh, so he, he lets it hit the back of his throat and, and, you know, satiate some of that burning he's got. He takes a deep breath. He's still bound, right? you just taking the gag off? Yeah, yeah. Listen. I didn't take anything. This bounty, I, I, I told Ruthie, it's not, it's not, I didn't steal anything. It's, it doesn't matter. What are you going to do? See. Uh, when he says that, before, I'd like, Saruk is holding up two fingers as if I have two questions to ask you. Then he <laughs> says that, I would like to perception to sense motive my For sure. lead. Go ahead and, and roll because... that sense motive. I think I was supposed to roll that privately, so my eyes are closed. No, that's fine. Yep. Uh, okay. So as you sense motive on Aldo, the main thing you get a sense, he doesn't seem to be deceptive in this moment. He's very much sort of giving off a an attitude of somebody who's 
sort of given up and accepting his fate. Like he, as he asked, said that last sentence to you, like he, he sounds like a broken, defeated man. Two questions then. If you really didn't do it, I, I'll see what I can do. I can't speak for the gunshot. First question, I'm looking for someone named Gimthrak. He, like me, I motion to, like, where the silver rings on my tusks are, the various, like, uh, bits of bone and things that are hanging from me, would probably be dressed like me. I have it on good authority. You can help me find him. Do you know anything? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't... Grimthrak. He, he looks like he's really, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I mean... Sure, yeah, I, I've seen him. If, yeah, but you can tell with your sense of motive, he's just telling you what you want to hear. Just kind of look at him, give him that, like, really, dude, kind of look. <sighs> oh, Fuck. I... Second you... question, if you didn't do it, what happened? Listen, I owed a bit of gambling debts, right? It happens. 200 gold, I believe. But I was working. I was paying it off, right? Saving up. I was doing honest work. I intended to square myself away. Next thing I know, I got some scary looking... Wait, did you say orc? Yes. Known by Grimthrak, but there was this this orc. This he, he showed up in my apartment. Scary looking orc. Knocking on my door. Maybe it's Grimthrak. I don't know. Saying we needed to talk. They said they owed my debt, and that meant they owed me, owned me. Look, they didn't want my money. They wanted some formulas from where I worked. I refused outright, but they insisted it would be better if I did, you know? They knew my parents, they knew my friends, the girl I loved. They said if I didn't help them, Something bad might happen. Get me? The Describe the orc in question. This whole time Saruk is like, whatever is closest to him that is not his or Aldo's that he can white knuckle, he is white knuckling. So he gives you a, a pretty decent description. You know, tall like you. Doesn't remember any sort of like decorations on the tusks, but, you know, prominent tusks. It looked, and, and then the one thing that he t- says is like, I remember very specifically, I saw some tattoos sticking up from beneath his collar, like on his neck. That was his most distinguishing feature. Is that enough for Saruk to have, like, that's the guy? Yeah, I think for sure in that moment, it matches kind of what you were hoping to hear. Do you know where to find him? Oh, I mean, he... I assume he's the one that hired you, right? The deadline was approaching. I dipped out. I panicked. I took what little money I had. I had a plan. Next thing you know, I got bounty hunters knocking down my door. I mean, I assumed he's the one that hired you to bring me in, no? No, someone named Hagos. It's arbitrary at this point. If you truly didn't do it, I'm not going to turn you in. Is there anyone who can pay these debts? Your church, your your lover, your... anyone. My debt's been settled. It's this 
these people, they don't want my money. They want my obedience, I guess. I see. I don't know if I can talk my compatriots into it. Uh, forgive me. I need to be very blunt with you. Do you have ten gold? He's like, well, no, I had five, but Ruthie took it when she took me into custody. And like, there's a moment when like it shuts, the camera cuts downstairs, and there's like a bag of gold that like Refugio has tossed to the barkeep, right? And the barkeep's like thumbing through the the pouch of gold, and it, he pulls it out, and you can see him counting it. It's ten gold on the counter. I mean. Kind of worth not getting the shield marshals called on us. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and he's he's like, you know, I, I'll give you anything. I mean, that, that, that's all I had. That was that was my last my last shot at, at freedom. I understand. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to undo your bonds. We're going to talk to my compatriots. You are going to be very convincing in the fact that your church cares about you very much and you are a very respected member of that community and why, yes, they would pay any amount up to and including your bounty to keep you safe and amongst the flock. Yes? But isn't it kind of wrong to lie? I mean, a church is kind of big on well, it's it's about doing more about protecting the community, you know. There's a very very thoughtful nod at protect the community. How much did you say the bounty was? I mean, I know that I owe two hundred gold. You are wanted for questioning, Nisruk air quotes questioning. I'm not sure the authorities in this part of the world would just question you. Ten gold. Sure, we could scrounge that up at my my temple. Very well. Somebody, I mean, now, I have friends. Now, answer honestly: Are you carrying anything that you could use to hurt me or my compatriots? Ah, uh, the only weapon I had was my my blunderbuss, and I was disarmed. And there's so no nuts. like you can even pat him down if you so choose. He's got like you know studded leather armor on. He's he's defensed up pretty decently, like expecting someone to come after him. But he doesn't have any other weapons on him. Um, all he had was his his sort of weapon, which he no longer has on him. Relax, you don't need to be tense. By the grace of Majagua, I will keep you safe, and I undo his bonds. And I think at this point, the camera sort of floats down through the floorboards, down into the the bar scene, right? It's been some times past. So Anita and Ruffycule are still sort of in the brothel. What are you guys doing in in these sort of moments that's passed after Ruthie's been executed? Hey, Ruffy, you need some patching up. Why is he bleeding there? Ah. (laughs) I'll be fine. Deal with it. But, uh... We should probably search her. Might have a bit more in- thing- interesting bits on her. Oh no, that's why I'm here. I was just being respectful and asking if you wanted some patching up. But yeah, I wanted to grab some stuff from her. <laughs> yeah, I figured you might. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. The fact that you gave me a go-ahead. 
Not that I'm complaining, but... Right. No. Um, I'm going to go over and shoot that other guy now, because I don't want him coming after me either. Yeah, he's starting to stir a little bit over there. No, I don't think he'd be coming after us, though. (laughs) Do you see the size of him? I mean, I I don't need patching up, but my lip... Do you see that? Yeah. No, you just... that's That's an extra little flap. That wasn't there when we came in. No... No, you just offended because you know he <laughs> he put a number on you and you never got to put a number on him. Right, but I don't I don't want him getting up and put another number on me, so I'm going to shoot him. No, but face. here's my I have an, uh, a hypothesis though, Revy. Right. What if you know I patch him up and he wakes up and then he sees us, right? He knows that we were part of the group that took him down. So what if, like, he wakes up and he's like, ah, but we're there for peace. So do you think that would, you know, like, he's he would immediately be scared of us already? Are you patronizing me? Maybe. I know, your your, your accent just, it bleeds through. I, it, I bloody well hate it sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'd right. ask... That's one scenario. Could happen. Now, what if he wakes up, sees we shot his boss, Whiskers over here stole his boss's dog, right? He got clocked, and he wakes up angry, and wants to punch me again. But then you punch him back. I could, or I shoot him in the face now, and we prevent all that from happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we talked about While this. While we're talking, I'm reloading my gun. <laughs> no, and then that's just super casual for Anita. Um, you know, we, we've we've been through this. I just think that now, nah, you know what, Chul? When it comes to murder, we've talked about this, right? Like, I don't mind it if other people do it. However, if I or Wiper do it, then it's a problem. Right. How's the dog doing? Oh no, he's uh, fine. Um, Hal took him. Yeah, Hal. I just want to make sure you took. You took the dog with you outside? Yeah, I wrapped him up in my blanket. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. I just wanted to make sure this dog has been taken outside at this point. Okay, just just making sure right. I... So, you search what used to be old Ruthie there, right? And I'll go deal with our large friend. All right. Oh, hey, after this, do you want to take a break? Or I was thinking of maybe going back to the casino, you know, talk to that lady. We had to leave earlier. Right, I mean... I still have that silver pocket chip. I mean, we're, we're about to come in some gold, so... Oh, that's true. I do, We do need some money. All right, well, yeah. I'll... I'm just walking over, and as I get over, I'm like, yeah, we're about to come into some gold, and I'm, without even looking, I just shoot the guy in the face. Yeah, and I'm just picking Ruthie's pockets while he shot her. Oh, wow. Oh, look, a crossbow. Yep, so we see we see Refugio walk over, gun loaded, pointed down on the guy who's like starting to stir awake a little bit, and the camera cuts to out front of the iron bells on these sort of like sundown on dusk. Halbert, what's going on outside? Oh, sorry, Hal Brent. Halbert. Mm-hmm. You take a hair point because I messed up your name. Uh, Hal Brent. <laughs> the one I spent to save the dog. Yeah, you also get one for saving the dog with a hero point. You know, I'm just going to replenish oh, let's that. Go. Uh, so, uh, so Hal Brent, you're outside, you're holding the pup, um, in your arms. Um, you've heard like the, the first gunshot go off as you left. Um, and you're out here for a few minutes before the second gunshot goes off. But like, what are you doing in this moment? 
I think I would take the dog around like to the nearest dark alley mm-hmm. and take off my blanket and set him down, wrap him up, make sure he's covered and just sit there on my what looks like I'll call it just I'll call it on my haunches for the time being, but mm-hmm. kind of kneel down but still on my feet leaning over him just making sure he's still breathing and kind of sniffing around his wounds. Yeah. So definitely looks like he needed did a good job of patching him up. He's not no longer like bleeding out. Like the, the wound has been staunched and sort of like sealed off. It's a little haphazard. It's almost like it looks like she took like a, a chip clip and just like put it on the wound, but it's functional, right? In the, in the short time she had, it was pretty genius the way she was able to, to do that. And upon closer inspection, it's actually a, a girl, not a, not a boy. Um, but it's like, you know, breathing. You can feel that like sort of heavy, shallow breath <laughs> that the dog is doing in your in your arms. Um, but fairly safe, and and depending on what you're trying to do, just nurture it. Yep. Wait. I'm gonna wait for it to wake up. Okay. In that moment. There's like a at that moment as you're you're like kind of consoling this dog, we hear the second gunshot go off, and like from even from the outside, it just echoes and you hear it. And the camera cuts back to Saruk and Aldo, just about wrapping up their conversation to come out. And you guys both hear that second gunshot, and you can see the panic in Aldo's eyes. Saruk, I just raise a hand, put it like on his shoulder with like enough pressure to be reassuring, which is probably difficult for a person of Saruk's size to do without immediately <laughs> crossing over into your shoulder is in pain. Yeah. I will protect you. It's I'll spare you the long form. It's it's part of the job. And as you sort of lead him down the hallway and down the staircase, uh, you guys both see the bloody mess where Ruthie's head was and the bloody like stain on the staircase that you both have to walk down and step over to get sort of down to everyone he doesn't you know he just lets you lead him um so i think anita and, and refiko would see saruk leading aldo down and kind of coming in your guys's direction oh hello did you guys have a good talk we did a very informative talk my friend here tells me that his church would be willing to pay for his bounty. And so that's where we're going. I, I don't break stride or make eye contact with at least Refi, and just kind of on we go out the door. Oh, that's very kind of your church. Oh, we saw the flyer that you had. Dwoomba. Good for you. Wait, what's the story we're not turning in the bounty? You're still getting paid. Don't worry about it. Fair enough. That's true. Yeah. You see the the sweat beating. Like, oh, uh, you saw that the uh, Doomba thing? Yeah, that it's just like this summer camp, you know. Guys get together and like to play war, you know. Sometimes it's actually get war. Um, and I think maybe he just starts talking a little overly nervous. Anything he can say to make you like look like not <laughs> look at him like you're gonna shoot him sharing, like <laughs> yes exactly like I, I my friend randy is the one that like turned me on to it like i wasn't really sure about this whole temple of torah thing but really quickly, right. really quickly, quickly. this it doesn't exactly work mechanically sense but i do have no cause for alarm okay this feels like a time where i might try to do this okay 
yeah, go ahead and make your uh, your diplomacy check and see how well you can calm the situation down. This would affect your allies and Aldo and everyone. Wildly enough, I'm using this targeting my lead. I got Ruffy a whiskey while we were waiting for Aldo and Saruk. I think I'm going to use my hero point here. Okay. I rolled well enough today. Why not? Use that hero point for sure. It's dangerous words, Tommy. Nice. Yeah. 24. Nice. So you've definitely 24. managed to sort of... I, I don't think that beat that doesn't beat anyone's will save DC, and it might even be a critical against some of you, depending on what your will save is. But Saruk does a really good job of just smoothing over the situation and making everyone try to stay calm, right? If you were frightened, if you had the actual frightened condition, mechanically you would go away. But even roleplay-wise, right, it's just things are a little smooth and you allow uh, Aldo to not be so panicked and oversharing and just take a deep breath and, and relax in the situation, right? Are we close enough to the bar where that might work on some of the hotel Can staff? just witness murder? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, Nina, or sorry, Anita has kind of bought you the whiskey, so maybe you've made your way over to the bar where the, the barkeep and the madam and everyone is. And it, right. Since we're I'm in gonna... this sort of, like, nebulous roleplay thing, yeah, like, everyone in the area is calm. You've given them the gold pouch. He's peeked into it. You've paid enough that he's willing to, like, let it slide, right? I'm going to down the whiskey and say, sorry about the trouble and the mess. Uh, hope that covers it, but, I mean, he clearly saw that they came after us, so... Right, right. Of course. Self-defense. And I just tip my hat and put pass the glass back over and start walking towards the door. Yeah. So, I know you you, you might have done an off-screen, but you did you did finish your coup de grace Sansi, right? The the big buff guy. So, the only thing, he, he did have a coin pouch on him. I don't know if you're going to take that one, too. Okay. <laughs> that one had eight silver in it, so you can go ahead and add eight silver to your inventory. That's eight silver more than I had before, so... He was wearing this, like, shoddy breastplate type thing that looks pretty well worn. I don't know if you have any use for heavy piece of breastplate, but his, um, he's wearing these, uh, metallic glove sort of things, almost like gauntlets that look, like, interesting, right? If you want to, like, literally take his gloves off his dead body's hands, right? I'm not too interested. Kind okay. of interfere in the trigger, trigger fingers, you know? Got it. But I will take the eight silver. Okay. And so we see Anita and um, Rexaful, Reficule over at the bar. Take hero a hero point. point. Hero point. Take a hero point. <laughs> Reficule over at the bar doing this. <laughs> and are you, Sarik, are you just taking Aldo and like going right out the door or what? Yeah, just in a straight line to the Church of Torog. Yep. So you lead him out the front door. Uh, the first thing, I mean, you, so uh, outside, Halbrunt would, you'd, you'd basically just have this this puppy has just started to like barely come to consciousness and you just see the little bit of like tongue like flicking out like trying to like lick but it doesn't really gain full control of its body um and as the dog starts stirring away you like look up and you see sarut coming out with aldo i will then... give it some of the food and give it some water out of my canteen. Actually, I'm going to give it to the lizard's tail because those are really good. <laughs> lizards in me pockets. Lizards in me pockets. <laughs> lizards in me pockets. <laughs> Perfect. It seems Can't. very weak. Like, it doesn't seem like maybe it's quite ready. Like, the lizard tail just kind of lolls there and, like, it tries to to bite, but it'll get stronger the more. T- she'll get stronger the more time she spends with me. All right. 
Um, and so with, with Refugule and Anita and Wybert, are you guys following Saruk or what are you guys doing? Yeah, we're following. Yeah. Okay. Did you find anything useful on uh, Ruthie there? I got a chain shirt and a uh, crossbow. Could I have grabbed the holster? Oh no, the holster was in the in to... all those apartments still. Oh. Yeah, there's uh, no holster for the blunderbuss, unfortunately. I might just try to like put it in <laughs> under my coat as yeah. we're walking outside. It, it's big, but it's also dwarven size, so it's a little smaller. So it, it's it's sizable, but you could just trench coat it. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be just walking on the streets with a, a blunderbuss. I am blunderbuss. Yeah. Yeah. The party finds themselves trudging through these darkened streets of Alkenstar towards the Temple of Torag. Um, now, this is in the Ferris Quarter, which is not too far from the Ustradi Heights. So it's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a walk. You're basically marching your bounty across the city. It's like maybe like 30 minutes on feet. But, uh, you know, there's a there's a big change in the in the feel of the city right when the sun goes down most people like kind of clear the streets it's a little shady there's more shadows here uh the smog thick people are really finding themselves in the taverns and whatever means they have of blowing off steam that gets them through their horrendous sort of monotonous jobs it's all going on behind closed doors leaving the streets to be fairly empty and we make our, we find our way uh, towards, like you guys are making your way towards the Temple of Torag. So I'll give you guys a moment here as a party to sort of, if there's any moments of role play that you guys want to do before we get to the temple, uh, I'll leave it up to you guys. The first thing I like 10,000% want to make sure that like, it doesn't look like we're marching a dude through the streets of Alkenstar. Right. Makes sense. <laughs> right. It's not like you got him at gunpoint marching him. Yeah. They're like we are casually walking together. Uh, Saruk is close to him, but not like behind him with the butt of his mace into his back or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And because of what you've told him in diffusing the situation, he doesn't even like you, the by his body language does not seem like the kind of person that's looking for a chance to make an escape or like make a big break. You know, you you're marching him to a safe location that he's happy to go to, and he is happy to go along with your plan. Right. Reficule is still. Uh, I'm gonna take my left arm, pull it out of my jacket sleeve. So, it's, so the sleeve is just kind of... So the left part of my jacket is just hanging over my shoulder, right? So you are so Orin from Final Fantasy X. Right. So my left arm is covered with my jacket, so that way I can have it already ready on my gun, mm-hmm. but under my jacket, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You look a little, like, little awkward walking like that, but you're able to at least disguise it so somebody that doesn't give you a nice hard look might not notice. I'll be walking right next to Hal. Are you still carrying the dog? Yeah. I'm literally carrying it in my blanket. Yeah, the dog at this point is, is sort of back to, to decent consciousness. It's not able to like power herself, but she's able to like move her head and like look at what's going on in her surroundings. And um, she kind of fluctuates between this sort of like being submissive and also like baring her teeth and growling at you like she's a little unsure of this sort of situation I will definitely bare my teeth and growl back (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's awesome 
All right, so did you figure out if it's a he or a she? She. It's a she, it's a and she. I told you not to kill her. But you're damn I robot. Did, I Just didn't like, kill her. I thought you said it fixes things. But, no. Well, yeah, I he mean, could. I, I didn't literally mean, like, permanently fix it, if you know what I mean. No, here's my thing, though. That doesn't usually happen with Wybert. More often than not, he actually fails when he tries to hit someone. That's why he just swings and then hopefully it hits. Unfortunately, that time it hit the dog really badly. I've seen him swing one time. One time. Yeah, well... As far as I'm concerned, every time he swings them damn things, he's going to kill somebody or something. It's just a pup. I know. I mean, I feel bad about it, too. That's why I, I came in and tried to heal it. But I do, in defense of why, but I wouldn't say he didn't mean it, because he definitely meant it, but he didn't mean to hit it as strong as he did. Did, did, uh, did Ruthie call this dog by name or anything? Your name? No, this... Like did you call a pup by name? Like Sikkim, anything like that? Mm, I don't remember. Does he have a collar? Usually they have a collar or something. Doesn't have a collar. Well, it has a collar, but dogs don't deserve to be on leashes. So what do you want to do with a dog? Oh, I'm going to keep her. Little... I'm going to name her right her? now. Yeah. Sure. What? Dog's name is Annie. Oh. That's not going to get confusing. Piss off. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Turn him into a killer. Well, no, I think that you named it because I brought it back to life. Could be. You know, I'm not going to take offense to this because it's nothing to be offensed about. However, hopefully there wouldn't come a time when you need me. And I think that you're calling out for the dog instead of me. So I don't answer. Your name's, your name's Anita. Yeah, but, you know, what if we get close and then eventually start calling me Annie? Maybe I'll call you Karen instead. I said Kieran. Kieran? Kieran. How do I call you again? How, how? Call me Hal. Everybody calls me Hal. You can call me Hal Brent. Hal Brent Beastwood at your service pleasure well if there's anything else I could do for Annie I do have tools that could maybe bring her up kill a little it. more oh okay yeah keep your no I didn't kill it does your robot rust why are you gonna do anything about it I'm gonna try and make him rust no you better not, not. Do anything of the sort why would I do something like that isn't that right, Annie? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you bloody oaf. Just looking over this conversation. Unable to really... Oh, by the way, before I, before I leave you two together, I do want to ask, how did you know that I was going to college? Not a lot of people know that. A lot of people know your pops. You've met so, my dad. I haven't met your pops. I have not. Just know he's got really smart offspring. So, 
I know, like we look very smart. much alike, huh? The likeness is uncanny. Pretty, pretty young, but pretty smart and talks a shit ton. So, that's I you. do, I do, I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hope you don't do anything to Robert. I'm not going to do anything to Robert. What am I going to do to him? He listens to you. I don't know. Walks around. Just don't, don't, don't let him kill the dogs. That's all I ask. No, anything else? That wasn't. I think maybe as you're holding, right? Wiber steps a little faster and comes into view and you watch as the dog sort of like cowers back into your and tries to pull its oh. head back into the, the little poncho. He really didn't. Wybert really didn't mean to hit that hard. Hey, how about this? Uh, when we're all done, when we give Aldo back to the church, I'm going to go. I, I was thinking about doing it anyway. I was going to. I'm going to fix Wybert's strength a little bit maybe fine-tune him so that it never happens again but i do have a question for you though you can do it just don't do it to the dogs i have a soft spot in my heart for them for the puppers oh all right i'll make sure all right fair enough and howdy yeah you guys sort of stop because you've now arrived outside the temple of torag right uh, unless there was something Tommy in particular you guys were had to get off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ruff, maybe Ruff, not Ruff, in public. Rafael's just whistling. <laughs> and if no one's gonna say anything to him, he's not gonna say anything. You know, Saruk is just going to keep walking. Yep. There. So but at, the, at the point where you know. Uh, Hal says he's got a soft spot for dogs. Reficule's behind behind him in Annie's view and just going, Face. He's got the same face. So, this is happening right outside as you guys are standing outside the temple. The temple seems a little out of place here on the streets of the Ferris Quarter. It's nestled between two unassuming bars. The outside sign proclaims in common, All are welcome. And unlike the sort of neighboring buildings, this one has a bit more of a clean sheen to it. Even though it's night, you don't see as well those of you with dark vision or low light vision. It's definitely been taken care of. The grime has been scrubbed off of this much more than the surrounding. Inside, beyond the doors, uh, they are open with some lights sort of shining inside. There's a large sort of machinery dominating the center of the room. And it's kind of glowing with like the light of a furnace that you can even feel out here that the heat is wafting from the inside out in the kind of coolish air. And you've arrived at, at where you guys want to go. Are you just taking them in? Yeah. Presuming the door is like, it is not locked. It's wide open. Yeah. So inside the space, this machine dominates the room. It gets even warmer in here. There's only one person that's like not sort of, a member of the clergy clergy that's like sitting here they've got like a sketch pad of some sort and the way the the room is set up is like this sort of machinery is set in the middle kind of a hybrid of like a forge and some sort of assembly line machine you might see in a workshop here in the city uh and it's the, the pews are sort of built in a circular pattern around it and it radiates outward so everyone kind of faces the center of the room and this one person is sitting there with a sketch pad just kind of idly sketching something in a book uh, not even really paying attention to you guys as you come in um 
but near the forge in the middle is this dwarf dressed in some like ornate golden robes that have some some sort of silver and golden thread of clockwork designs woven into it. Oh, sorry. Golden with silvery threads. And you can see he's instructing a couple of these younger humans on how to clean the machine. Aldo like kind of whispers to you like, oh, that's that's a uh, Master Brock right there. They're in charge? He nods. So we're going to approach them. We're going to ask them if there's somewhere we can talk in private. And when I say we, I mean you. You're going to explain that we're friends. And then when we get in private, you're going to tell them everything you told me about your situation. And again, you're going to be incredibly persuasive. And you're going to make sure that the church has your back in this. Okay, he he already kind of knows what's going on. We talked about it. He... He's not going to be too happy with how I approach things. Master Brock! And he, like, kind of goes over, like, with a big old smile, and and uh, they shake hands, and he, it plays out exactly like you asked, right? He motions to you guys, explains that he you're his friends, and you need to, like, move somewhere a little more private for a less eavesdroppy conversation. Uh, and he's able to sort of procure you guys one of his offices, it's a little cramped. It's usually for like three or so people, but there's standing room as you guys kind of crowd in. If you guys want to all go into the office or not, I don't know who's actually going, but Aldo and, and Brock leave towards this room and you guys are free to follow if you'd like. As Saruk does, I would like for... Brock is their name? Yes, Brock. Mm-hmm. I would like them to be my second lead. All right. You're make... So you pursue a lead on Brock. Mm. Okay. Uh... Reficule would probably actually, looking a bit uncomfortable in the temple, would probably actually, once he knows the situation is being taken care of by Tux, actually kind of hang out by the exit. Yeah, Hal's gonna stay outside with the dog. Okay. I'll come with um, Saruk. Okay. So yeah, so Saruk and Anita, what about Wybert? Wybert's gonna stay with Ruffy and Hal. And Annie. Format that that pup some more. No, he doesn't have his things anymore. He's like this. Like he has his head down in shame. <laughs> so Anita, Saruk, Aldo, and Brock are all sort of here, and you, you hear him like close the door, and you know, Brock is... He's got like an air of sort of regalness about him. And uh, he looks to you, and he looks to, to Aldo, and he says, I imagine this has to do with the gambling debts that we talked about. And Brock sort of like hanging his head, or sorry, Aldo sort of hanging his head and shame as he side eyes you guys. Like, yeah, these, uh. Well, I'll let them explain it. Let Saru take the lead. So, if Aldo is telling us the truth, and I believe he is, I, I look back down, you were being extorted, yes? Uh, yeah, Aldo nods his head and Brock says, yes, we've, we talked about this, right? Although we face our problems head on, we don't run away from them, right? Although just kind of shakes his head a little bit. And he's like, I, I had to for, for them. And Brock sort of breathes and then he looks at you. He's like, so what has he done? I get the sense nothing that you don't already know about. My concern is that the law and I wave broadly at the nearest window 
may not treat someone of his socioeconomic status with the most sense of fairness. And so I wanted to bring, forgive me, where I come from, the church plays a very high role in law and security. I tap the, my holy symbol, which is affixed to my armor. Yeah, pretty prominently displayed, right? Maybe I'm outside of my depth, but I am within my familiarity. Do you believe if he goes for questioning, he will be fine, and he will say to the powers that be that he was extorted, and the problem fixes itself? Because if not, we... I look over at Adida, look down at Aldo, and then over at Brock, should come up with a different solution. Brock kind of looks at you new to town more or less let me ask you first has Aldo broken any laws that you know of running back from session one is there anything Saruk would definitely remember not so much I mean from your understanding right you went to um, you went to Hagos's office, right? Hagos was sort of the contact, the the fixer. He's the one that set you up with the job. He told you guys that there was a bounty in from his employer, right? It was f- supposed to be from uh, Aldo's employer at the Red Ruby Fireworks, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And that he was wanted by his his employer for questioning. But you start to like connect with a few dots, and one of the, the only directions you were given were to stay away from asking questions at his place of employment, right? They wanted to keep things hush hush. You were told he had actually stolen from his employer and was wanted in questioning. If all those to be believed, he never actually went through with it. And so then the question really becomes who placed the bounty under and possibly under false pretenses, right? And so that yeah. so so as you make those things, I think uh, Brock is like more than likely it's a less than lawful bounty. I mean, I'm I'm guessing the people who are trying to have him brought in are not his employers at all, but probably the ones who are looking to extort our friend here. Yeah. So so sort of what he's he's explaining he doesn't believe the bounty is necessarily a lawful bounty anyways right like what do you know of this Hagos anyway the bounty isn't lawful he didn't commit a crime I I guess what do I know of Hagos very little yeah yeah I mean he's you've maybe run a few jobs from him he's kind of in terms of of the tier of like people in the city with respect he's definitely on the bottom rung He's the kind of people that get jobs when they have no street cred and no uh, no way to get a better paying job. He's a little sleazy. You know, he he always, I mean, you've only maybe run a few jobs for him and you're pretty particular about the kind of jobs you take anyways, but he's always paid on time. I guess he's not very forthcoming with his information. He just gives you the job and expects you to get it done. So it seems it tracks back to Hoggers. I, the next immediate concern when we do not turn Aldo in is that Aldo may be in danger. Is there anything you can do to help with that? To forgive my paranoia, again, very new in town, but if this is, well, as you say, less than lawful. Well, like I said, we don't believe in running from our problems. We face them head on, but 
we face them together as a community. Aldo here, he's one of us. We will do what we can to protect him. But, and then Aldo, you know, he, he's like, it's not so much myself I'm worried about, it's, it's my friends and family they threatened. We're working on it. I know I'm working on it. What an ironic time to bring up my next point. Brock, <laughs> you realize there's a bounty on his head. And I, right. the people who I associate with and myself, we need to eat. We are going out of our way to ensure that things go as they should. Aldo here made it out that you would be willing to compensate us for this. It is eats. that... You see Aldo looking a little sheepish, right? And how much is this bounty? He's worth ten gold, if you can believe it. I just kind of like half smile. He, uh, he laughs. Ten gold. You can see him sizing you up and trying to see if maybe you're trying to pull one over on him. If I have a copy of the bounty, I pull it, or somewhere it was written mm-hmm. down, I produce it, set it on the table, push it over. Yeah. He sees it. So. Alright. Aldo. And Aldo looks up, right? Like, you're gonna pay back every silver of this. Every copper. And he's just nods, like, right, I will, I will. Uh, and he agrees to pay the ten gold to cover your bounty on his head. And it all works out. Of course. And he's Follow like, up and question. you guys are the only bounty hunters looking for him, so this should be easily resolved. Yeah. Follow-up question, do you think it's safe for him to stay at his apartment during this time? Would I know if the, the head of the Church of Torah would have like a, a specific title or honorific I would use? I just gave him the title of master here in this in this uh, workshop. It's sort of nebulous. I'm not sure if there's a better title for him, but he, he's like you heard Alda refer to him as Master Brock. Okay. Well, Master Brock, do you think he's safe to stay at his place? Hang you guys off to not turn him in probably doesn't remove the bounty from being on his head. I think it's probably best if he stays hidden for a while. Maybe exactly. Maybe we can arrange a visit to one of our off-site locations, say at the Gunworks or Donganhold. Indeed. Aldo, do you have your keys on you? Aldo, he's like, all of my stuff is back in the room you interrogated me at. I see. Just kind of a slow nod. Is it okay if I stay to... How do I say this? May I stay in your apartment to case the joint and on the off chance a mutual friend comes back? Sure. Yeah, that... Wait, so you're gonna, like, wait and... at a trap or something? Who are you in people, anyways? Fine. I remove the uh, 
holy symbol that's like hanging from my chest turn it over in orcish on the back the letters m s i gotta god i had this like out in my head then i'm gonna fuck up and say msrp (laughs) (laughs) mssp okay i'm with the madakali special security police i'm here on business that business involves i symbol goes back on a mutual friend I also would prefer to not sleep in the, well, places like the Iron Bells, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, help yourself to the icebox. I got some good chow in there. we Will do. Well, I think our business is concluded. Thank you, Master. I hand to heart bow. And uh, he, he, at this point, has excuse himself because he doesn't have the money like here in his office he's got to go get it from the sort of safe and storage so he will go and and do that leaving you guys a moment here Rock. what could you could you ask him in his house his, his apartment a lot of his books were hollowed out why were they hollowed out also do you really believe him are you asking like right in front of Aldo? Because Aldo's still here. <laughs> As Anita is talking, I just lean back so the sound goes forward. <laughs> in Orkish. Sorry, in Orkish. <laughs> there you go. Just ask him yourself, I say in common. Aldo, what's up with <laughs> what's up? What's with all the hollowed out books that you have in your apartment? What's that about? That's that's well. Most of those are old technical manuals. They're a little outdated, so I've kind of it's where I, I kept my money. Do I believe him? Make a sense motive check. I might as well. You can both make it if you want, which would be a perception check. I'm gonna clue in, because I remember I have that. So Ooh, Nita has a plus one. Oh, nice. 23, because 22. you're going against my lead. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you clue in, you're able to give the bonus to her. Nice. Oh. He seems to be on the up and up. You know, if he's telling the truth and there's no indication he's lying that, yes, he that's where he kept a lot of his money and his savings. Um, and he just goes on to describe that, you know, he kept his money there. You know, most criminals don't bother with books. And once uh, it was time to hit the street, I took every bit of gold I had saved up, which was about 50. And I hit the street and I intended to gamble and turn it into the 200 and to pay off my debt properly and hopefully they would fortunately I I was down to five gold when you found me at the casino that that your debt at the casino uh more like back back room card game oh, right. yeah I was trying to lay low oh well I mean you're in luck because a man named Akuz Fithy apparently paid off your debts at the casino so don't Akuz, have to think about that anymore. Akuz is the man I owed 200 gold to. My debts were paid. Akuz told me I didn't owe him anymore. Well, that's, that's Yeah. So, right. Yeah, I owed Akuz 200 gold. And I was going to pay him back. And somebody apparently bought my debt off of him. My, I might have been the, the guy your friend was asking me about and points at Saruk. Or just nods really quickly once. Man, you really owe people a lot of money. This is what happens. As long as I pay it back, it's never really worked out like this. Mm. 
I just don't I don't understand how in this sort of civilized society somebody could just buy another person's debt and claim them as their property. It just doesn't seem right. That's because your society isn't civilized. Unfortunately, that's right. I'm sorry. I I'm speaking out of turn. <sighs> no, you're not. You're just being very honest. I appreciate that. And uh, Brock returns at this point and and drops a sort of bag of ten gold into your guys's hand or into Zurich's hand. I believe Thank this you. squares us. It does. I appreciate you. I I didn't know if coming here would make things more complicated. We tried to be a place that's open for all. Perhaps I could leave some literature with you guys to read. Please. So they sort of give you a little uh, Temple of Torag pamphlet. Oh, thank you. Have you accepted Torag into your heart? (laughs) (laughs) Have you accepted Torag into your forge? Basically, like, spouting how, you know, thanks to Torag's blessing was the black powder actually invented and you guys owe you know, Alcastar owes everything to that and it's best not to forget why he gave us the gunpowder and that is to defend our neighbor from the evils that lurk beyond the walls. Really sort of working you guys, like, it, it tries to spin, like, look at all the dangerous stuff and we have the answer. The answer is explosives. Come to the temple and play with explosives, right? Like, but you might be interested in that. <laughs> yeah, not a bad pitch, right? A very accurate. Look at all the horrible shit in the mana waste. How can we fix it with guns? Guns and each other. <laughs> and gears. So, yeah. the uh, Forge Father is slightly out of my wheelhouse, but back home there are similar. Thank you. And I'll fold it up real nice and neat, tuck it away. Yep. And Aldo, uh, he shakes your hand, Saruk, and he just says, "Like, I don't know how to thank you for believing me." Maybe stop gambling and getting yourself in bad situations. There are people who love you, and I think they would prefer it if, in a hypothetical future down the line, where I'm not here to sweep in and save the day, you didn't put yourself there in the first place. Right? Right. Kind of, like, scratches the back of his neck and looks down a little bit. Don't be ashamed. Don't. It's... The road to anywhere but here can often be paved with... I'll save you the analogy. I think you're going to get enough preaching to in your immediate future, my friend. I smile, clap him on the shoulder, go to walk, and then stop short of the door. Anita, don't tell them what you heard in here. I don't know if I can trust the one who's very trigger-happy. Hey, that's my friend you're talking about. Your friend is very trigger-happy. Your friend presumably shot two people who were unable to defend themselves. Well, to be fair, he did ask me, and I did say yes. You'd have to hear his point. Guilty by association. What point? Go At at this point, stop back to door. Sell me on it, please. You're having the conversation in the office with the guy, just talking about openly murdering someone. Right in front of someone (laughs) with more cleric spells than I have. Yep. Well, since you've asked so nicely, uh, Rafi and I work here at night. We work for someone who you would consider shady. So if we make more enemies here, which was Rafi's point earlier when he did ask me for permission, it would just make our jobs harder. 
how exactly did we make enemies? They were down, presumably. Someone would have called the local authorities. They would have been taken away for, you know, assaulting us. And then they would be locked up, and that would be that. Or am I giving the shield marshals too much credit? Mm, yeah, a little bit, yeah. But here's the thing, though. You, you said so yourself, that you're new here. Yes. People in Alkenstar, especially the smoke side, are very vindictive. So it's... Have you heard of the term, like, an eye for an eye? Of course. Makes yeah. all of Galarian oh, blind. Yeah, but I mean, I that's much. how it has been. That's how it all... That's how it's been here at Alkenstar. So, unfortunately, I mean, people's moralities are always in question here. However... At the end of the day, it's about surviving. If we left those threats up, then I could 100% bet with you that they would come and bite us in the arse. At which and... point they would be on the ground. You can take yeah, care but of yourself. I mean... You made a machine that very nearly eviscerated a dog today. I know, but he didn't. He didn't. That's, I'm right? not, I'm not upset about that thing. It would be regrettable. But there comes a point where it's you or them, right? In the case of a dog who may rip my throat out, honestly, I have you to thank. In the case of two people who are on the ground, different story. And I understand, believe me, that this place is, master pardon my orcish, in orcish, a shithole. But that doesn't mean you can't hold yourself to a better standard. Change starts with the individual, starts with you, starts with me, starts with Aldo, who's going to turn over a new leaf. Right, big guy? Yeah, so this whole time the conversation's going on and you're talking about all this stuff, right? You guys are not speaking in Orcish at this point, right? You're just speaking in common? I said it in Orcish when I said the swear word. But everything else, right? Yeah. Important person. Everything else is a common, yeah. So as you keep saying all this stuff and, like, all this criminal stuff, like, it looks like Brock wants to, like, almost, like butt in an ass and then Aldo just kind of like catches his eyes just like shakes his head like mm -mm, mm -mm. like don't even like get involved right so Brock's just been sitting to the side and then you look over at Aldo who's like staring at you kind of wide eyed and it's like yeah absolutely whatever you say we can have this discussion later I... Ooh, yeah I mean not right in front of the people the person you just saved sure but again I, as far as you know, I've washed into town, and I'm just the same as anyone else, just from very far away and with a compass that points due north and out the door. Yep. So the camera cuts from inside this office with Anita and Saruk, and we see Refikul and Halbrant on the stairs, like, kind of playing with the dog, who's starting to get a little more stable and is able, if you, you know, allow it to, to sort of stand a little bit on its feet, but you know, Wybert is just sitting there like in like standby mode and uh you know doesn't want to go near how uh Wybert. But what are you guys doing during this time? So I'm gonna lean lean forward, pull out my little pack of cigarettes and offer one up to Refugule. I thought you were gonna offer it to Annie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh right. You I'll, like uh... smoking dog, I got lizards in my pockets <laughs> and Malboro Reds. Okay, so Refugule's gonna <laughs> I'll uh I'll take one. Thanks. Do you uh I know they may, they 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 break and make a bunch of shit in this place. You think they do any kind of healing stuff instead of fixing stuff in there? 
Ah, uh, I, I can't really say about this. Could I get a light? Sorry. Of course, here you go. Vanilla. Right. Cheers. Uh, this place in particular, I'm not too sure. Uh, haven't spent exactly too much time uh, in temples. I'm not exactly the religious type. Uh, me and the divine don't get along quite that well. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Maybe not this guy, but you're some kind of zealot. Zealot? What do you mean? Like, fanatic, bloodthirsty, zealot. Ah. Like, for, for, for one reason or another, you're wanting to shoot somebody, whether it's somebody I know or, you know, somebody we're going after or somebody who knows somebody else that we need to save. I only kill people that need killing. Hmm. <laughs> Zealot. I heard that. Not at Torex, but other places. Why, who do you know that needs killing? Nobody. Especially not this dog. That damn rogue almost killed this thing. Does it do that all the time? Uh, actually, it's quite surprising. Uh, haven't seen Wybert that effective, actually, before. <laughs> quite, a, quite a good job, eh, Bertie? And I give a slap to the robot. She, uh, your friend, Anita... I think when you slap it, like, it malfunctions a little bit, and its little, like, hand just, a saw blade bounces out for just a second. <laughs> I, 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 like, I instinctively, without even, like, looking, because I know, like, I just, I can hear it, and I've been around enough, I just, like, lean out of the way real quick. Yeah, it doesn't, like, yeah, it just kind of goes straight ahead. It's not trying to swing, it's just, like, melting. And, like, the blade spins for a second. Sorry, go ahead. She's been working on a lot lately. I mean, I imagine she works on it all the time. But she must be getting much better because if she, if she, if that robot would have hit that man that Saruk hit first, that robot would have killed that man. I don't really care about the man. I'm just more worried about the pup. That's why I said, hey, don't kill the pup. Fair enough. But uh, why do you seem so interested about Anita? No, I'm not interested about Anita. I'm just interested <laughs> about a robot. Like, is it like some death machine that walks around and chops people's heads off? Or just dogs. I look over at Wybert. Oh yeah, he's a fearsome killer. Alright. Can't you tell? Well, from what I've seen so far, yeah. It looks like it. I think your doggo will be fine. Oh, you're gonna be alright. I just want to take him in there after we get our money and see if I can heal him up, heal her up a little bit. How you spend your gold whiskers is none of my business. So I think this would be an interesting question for you guys to maybe mull over here while the other thing's going on, right? You guys were hired by this for this job by Hagos, right? The way the structure works is Hagos gets word of a bounty. Either someone approaches him, he has contacts, he knows there's a bounty on this person. He facilitates the bounty to you guys, and then when the bounty is turned back into him, he passes the bounty back for his payday and pays you guys and takes a cut for himself, right? So in this situation, you're kind of cutting Hagos out how would that conversation like maybe your brain goes there right like what's the next step right are you even going to go back and what are you guys going to tell him etc right out of character i feel like that's a, a saruk will deal with as the situation crops up kind of thing okay yeah. i was curious reficule reficule will burn that bridge when we get to it okay. yeah, that's, exactly. that's the approach that reficule takes i was just curious where your brains were about that sort of uh situation so uh 
Are the rumors true? Did you did you gun down a shield marshal? You ever hear of a duel, Whiskers? Of course. In a duel, two people face off and one of them ends up dead, right? Usually how it works at high noon. <laughs> Even at late noon. But, uh... <laughs> maybe you should... Believe, maybe you should only believe half of what you hear. I mean, since it's the rumors about you... That's why I'm asking you. Well, why don't you ask your friend, Miss Angelique Loveless? I'm sure she'll tell you all about it. I want to hear it from you. You were there. Like I said, I only kill people that need killing. Fair enough. And I he kills now, the dogs or the innocent bystanders. That was probably a good dramatic moment for the like Anita and Saruk to sort of come out at the tail end of this conversation. You can keep going, but they come into the scene. In which case, I just go sit down on the stairs, like close but not on top of, and begin counting out and divvying up four ways, ten gold. Do uh, are you able to control the robot like uh, like any Anita here is? I don't want to confuse her with my pup. Nah, Wybert's all her creation. All right, and I'll look over at Saru counting out, and then I'll just walk over and hold out my hand. And it is. I, I think two that gold five silver, right? Yeah, yeah. Two gold four. Well, Damn it, four Anita! <laughs> you took a silver out of a mm-hmm. puck. Because <laughs> it's like twenty silver pieces, right? Uh, ten gold. Oh, would be... I said five. I added you. <laughs> right, so ten gold would be a hundred. Sorry, silver. I was looking at the screen. I saw five. Be no, you're right. Five person, which is two. Yeah. Two, it's two gold, five people. I'm dividing by five. Is the choice. Two gold and five. It's twenty-five yeah, gold, was... aka two gold, five silver. Mm-hmm. And then I'll uh, take it and say, look back to him and say, uh, "Good talking, Refi. Refiqul, pardon me. I don't want to make the mistake of getting too close or too far. Be right back. Sure thing. And I'll walk first. into the temple." to see if they can heal my dog. 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 Uh, it's actually not entirely in their wheelhouse to be like medic and yep. healers, but they're trained enough to know how to patch someone up and they're all combat. I mean, they've been to combat camp, right? So they know how to like patch up wounds. Cast your damn spell. Yeah, somebody prepped heal today, right? <laughs> right. Well, there's no magic, right? Magic doesn't work. Oh, oh right, right, God. Mm-hmm. You're in Smokeside. At least right now, the the winds of the mana storm in the, the temple have, you know, none of you guys have magic, maybe, but essentially it's we're in one of these tides where magic is malfunctioning right now. I don't know if you guys keep tabs on the the weather patterns. There's like a they they literally publish sort of weather patterns so you guys know when and magic will and won't work here, right? But I don't know if you guys subscribe to that. I tell definitely. Hal definitely will, considering how he got here. But but they will easily patch up your dog non non magical means, right? Yeah, I, I I knowing what I know from living at the gunworks for a little while, I'll be like, all right, one of you know how to patch up my pups. I need to need to make sure she's raring to go here in a little bit. They won't ask for direct payment, but they will ask for a donation of two silver in order to. Uh, I'll give them two silver. Okay. He's paying back, and then, yeah, for over, like, the next hour or so, they will patch Annie back up to, you know, full health. 
bloody hell, Annie. He got whiskers all riled up about ki almost killing that damn pooch. I have no... It's... You know, sure, I'll take accountability for it. But like I said, Wyber doesn't do that often. That was like a one in a million chance. I haven't seen Wyber do anything like that at all. That is quite, exactly. quite amazing. No, I know. I mean, I don't want to kill a puppy either. I felt really bad about it. People get a little I'm also weird feeling with pretty animals. Bad about a lot of things right now. Hmm? Why? What's there to feel bad about? Hmm. We just got paid. I know. No, the thing that we did earlier, I should have, you know, honestly, when you did ask me, I was more focused on the stuff that I could just grab from um, Ruthie. Right. So when you ask me, my head wasn't really in the right space. Yeah, typically, when we're in this situation, I would, you know, talk you down a little bit more. But I just went, eh, go ahead. Which, you know, is something that I'm trying to, to, to work. Annie, what are you talking about? That has nothing to do with you. I shot those people on my own. No, no, no. And, I, and I look over towards, I, I like look over towards Saruk. <laughs> you did. And you know, you know what? You're the local here. So maybe I should defer to your judgment. Maybe had you not done what you did with all of your forward thinking, I would wake up and there would be someone with a metal gauntlet in my face bludgeoning me to within an inch of my life. And I'm sure you'll show discretion next time or at least make sure they're still capable of fighting. Won't you? Sure thing, Tusks. There's just a, a slow glare. I flick two gold, five silver across the, like, the stairs to you. There is your small incremental payment for murder. Take your serotonin however you can. Oh, I don't enjoy it. I just do what needs to be done. Why do you think that needed to be done? You ever hear the phrase, an eye for an eye? <laughs> I'm not going to take the obvious bait. I sense the trap you are walking me into, but yes. No, you know what? No, fuck it. What happened to your eye? Oh, that's just, uh... Occupational hazard. Does I that was, mean you uh, lost it, or...? No, actually, I was born with it. But, uh... Good. Wait, wait. That means... So I'm getting the sense there's more to you than I can see. I... Saruka lets it trail off. There's a... The look that runs across his face is a combination of, like, surprise, concern, and, like... I guess those. That basically sums it up. Roll those all together. Oh, well. I'm just full of mysteries. I'm sure you'll find all about them, lawman. What are you talking about? I can smell a cop. Prove it. <laughs> what do you smell? Other than that woman's perfume, gun smoke, and the grit of Alkenstar? Self-righteousness. There's a line between self-righteousness and an aligned moral compass. I don't think I'm any better than anyone else. I just would prefer to live in a better world than the world made by a constant chain of violence which begets violence which ad nauseum. Well, it seems that uh, the privilege of your birth has allowed you that outlook on life. Some of us uh, have had to live in the world that we've been born into. 
Yeah, maybe. I hesitate to say that I am sorry, but you were not wrong. It's like this sort of moment between you two, and then there's like this kind of like loud giggling, and like it looks like a young couple has spilled onto the streets from one of the nearby bars and are kind of like giggling and walking with each other and like kissing at each other on the street. It sort of breaks that moment between you guys as they kind of like continue into the night with each other, like giving you guys like a wide berth on the steps of the temple. They are also trying to get their serotonin however they can. <laughs> I think Hal would come out at this point and <clears throat> he'd still have his extra silver in his hand and he'd uh, lean into Anita and like hold his hand out to, towards her. Oh, I could keep it. Then I'll give her thanks for uh, saving the pup. Uh, no, this is for my portion of when Refugil used all your money to get the lead we already had, so. Oh, thank you. So that's five more that I should be waiting for? Three. Three. Two from the other two. Well, at least one I, from each one. I thought you said you weren't going to pay her shit. Wait a minute. And as I say that, I pull out a silver and flick it over. Oh, wow. You know what? This is actually very surprising. When people say they're going to pay me back, at least here, they'd never do. I mean, just make sure you work on it to avoid killing little dogs. That'd be great. Don't worry, we're not going to hurt little Annie, are you? How you feeling, Annie? Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I feel I'm going to fucking smack you in the head, you bloody oaf. I was talking to the dog. No, I know. It's a good thing that you weren't shot by Refi, otherwise you would have been struck by a smooth (laughs) (laughs) And with that sort of like punctuation mark, the scene sort of like fades to black for a minute. Um, So now, right, uh, what do you guys do with Hagos, right? Does anybody go back to Hagos after this? Do you guys just go on like hit the road and never return like what happens next as a group right like you guys this is where you guys part ways Saruk is definitely going to Hago's first thing to explain hey there's a bunch of fucked up complications going on here sorry about it then from there so let's just stop right that right that makes sense would anybody else want to go back to Saruk or or with Saruk or is this a Saruk and Hago's only scene up to you. Rafiki will go where Annie Anita goes to. So. I'm actually very curious on what Hagos is going to do. I think Hal would probably take the dog back to Aldo's place since he's got a bowl and dog food. Oh, the dog like. food. Mm-hmm. Well, if you remember right, he didn't actually have dog food. It was just that uh, Elsie yeah. had poured some of his like bachelor chow slop into a bowl for uh, for the pup. But at least there's something. Basically dog food. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you're going back there, run by the Iron Bells. Aldo left all of his shit in the room in which I interrogated him, then, including his keys. But it was picked when you guys got there, right? The door wasn't even locked. But, right, but I want somebody to go get the keys so I don't have Yeah, to. you can go grab the keys if you want. So <laughs> so let, let's do a, a quick fade to, uh, to Hagos' office, right? With It sounds like maybe Anita was tagging along. Yeah. And that means... Ruffy, if you don't mind, do you want to come with... Right. Let's go. 
All right, so the camera sort of crossfades from this darkened thing to a dimly lit office, which is also in the Ferris Quarter, so not too far. You guys are probably just a few blocks away from his office, right? We see a window with a bright neon sign sort of flickering outside, casting that purple and pinkish light through the blinds and across the face of this stocky, balding, Garundi human man, Hagos, the one who set you up with his job in the first place. As he drinks from his ice-filled glass, the clanking of the gears grinding against each other in the building around you, his hairy chest bulges against his slightly too tight shirt, and he sort of wipes his mouth with the back of his hand. And behind him, you see shelves of trinkets from all of his long past jobs, overflowing the space he has set aside for them. He leans back as he puts his feet up on his desk, listening to your guys' story, and I think we come in at the tail end of you guys saying something or explaining, I potentially said what Saruk would be explaining. So what do, what do we hear at the tail end of your explanations? So it's all in the hands of the Church of Torag now. You are an upstanding member of the community, and I'm sure you understand that the circumstances around this bounty were incredibly complicated, and it's best that we all just move on. Right, friend? Who is now the subject of one of my leads... Okay. Yeah, real quick. Did did Saruk just tell him everything? Pretty much? Yeah, I don't know what Saruk tells him. Yes. Not everything, everything, in terms of what he specifically knows, but the uh, the bounty was being extorted. They uh, The bounty was less than lawful. We would get in trouble. Hagos would get in trouble. It would be bad for everyone. So let's all just move on, basically. At this point, hearing Saruk just kind of tell Hagos the truth, mm-hmm. like, Ref- Refugule ter- turns towards Anita to try to get her attention and just mouth like, what the fuck? <laughs> just the process. <laughs> just for this one, just for this one. And he just, he just casually leans his hand closer to his gun. <laughs> I put a hand on Refi's arm. That's... Like wrist, I put a hand on Refi's. Not like he's not like he's ready, like he's gonna draw, but like just so that it's closer in case he needs to. (laughs) He's not red alert. He's yellow alert. Yeah. Oh no. No, I still do. Just this uh, one. Just this one, Refi. So there's this moment where you're not sure which way it's gonna go, Refi, right? And uh, Hagos like stops, and then he he just looks at you guys holding his drink and goes, "That's why I don't pay up front." (laughs) <laughs> and he like puts his feet down and glass a little heavy on the desk as he starts laughing. <laughs> if I don't get paid, none of us do. And he like what was stops. Your cut? He's like, bounty's not for you. The bounty's not for you. It's fine. I just wish you wouldn't have wasted my time with your morals. I jingle my coin purse. What was your cut? Doesn't matter. Nothing without the job done. Listen, kid, you think you you can work on these streets without my say-so? You break a contract, you're as good as done in this town. The contract was unlawful in the first place. What's to break? Fuck the laws. It was a contract. It was a payday. Again, what was your take? I was splitting it with you. 50-50. Ten gold for you, ten gold for me. I see. Money out of my pocket. Sort of. And twitches a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Unfortunately, my savings account does not run that deep. Are we going to have a problem? Or is there any moral decency at the bottom of you at all? He, like, looks past the roof towards Ruffy and uh, Annie, or Anita, in the back of the room and sort of like... And do you share his morals? His... Well, I mean, I guess you do, right? You didn't turn the turn him in. You let him go. I'm just here, honestly, to make sure that you don't kill him. Or at least that's why I went. She's not talking to you, by the way. I just turned back to look at Ruffy. Yeah, kind of turns his head. So, like... Who else did you tell about the contract? What do you mean? Nobody. You were the. You were my crew. You assured me you could handle this. It should have been. I believe him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and make Ins- some closer checks. Inside check. <laughs> and you can give the clue in on to your allies, right, Saruk? Yeah, I'm gonna give it to, to. Are you both rolling? I can only give it to one of you. Uh, yes, I do want to roll. Give it I'm going to give it to Anita because I like Anita better. But she natural doesn't need it, so it's fine. The natural 20. 20. And so Ruffy was the only one that rolled uh, secret because, you know, technically the secret check. But right. I'll go ahead and just uh, reveal it here because uh, you also hit a natural 20. Oh, Ruffy. Friendship. Wow. We're really good at Pathfinder. The, power of, <laughs> the power of friendship. So. And crime. But not for me! (laughs) In this case, he is telling the truth. You are the only people he gave this job to, and you believe him 100%. All of you. Like, look, I'm not saying I was the only person facilitating a bounty on his head. I'm just saying, I heard this bounty came down. I pass it along to you. There's other people that might have been doing the same. Who's to say? I suppose it's in fate's hands now. Here's a question for you, Steve. Okay. And I'm going to leave this up to you. Okay. Would Reficule have any reason to be suspicious of who is behind the bounty? I mean, I don't think you've even asked or cared up to this point, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I would say probably not any idea or clue, right? Yeah, probably probably not. I'm trying not to bleed into what Richard the player yes, is yes, suspicious no. about. Yeah, but uh, Reficule probably would never even have thought or question it, you know. All right. So fair enough. So you could ask at this point, but uh, you know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I see. I was debating saying. on whether you should ask, so I wanted. Got it. Uh, I don't think he has any reason to necessarily ask, right? But I mean, you guys are trying to figure out if there's other people on the job and he's telling you they're not. So the next logical step could be, well, maybe you find the person that gave the job, right? I mean, yeah, I wanted to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. Refi was more interested in like, he was pissed if this asshole sent another team, like double contracted. Right. Right. If he's not, then I think he wouldn't care as much. So he's not by your beliefs. Anyone else is. Yeah, so no, we've got a scale of one to ten, like at 17, we're yeah. gonna go find them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I can see it in your eyes. Like, no, no, I'm I'm not listen, what I'm paid for is my discretion. I'm a buffer between those who want jobs done and those who do the jobs. It's it's how this works. It's why I 
have a job. I'm not selling out anyone. Just like I Fair wouldn't enough. sell you out. All right. Again, this sus. <laughs> We've landed in second sus territory. Is he going to sell me out? I'm going to make this go to blind GM roll, so I'm not a big old cheaty face. Okay. Uh, you believe him. Great. I'm so glad I rolled in private. I'm not a big old cheaty face. <laughs> um, right. Bit of advice for you. What's this guy's name again? Ago? Uh, Hagos. 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 Right. Think real hard about who would be able to place such a bounty, knowing it not to be on the up and up, right? And what they might do to people who have knowledge of uh, what their intentions and business are. So, you look out for us and we'll look out for you. You're looking for lawful bounties for work that's going to make you feel good at the end of the day? You're in the wrong goddamn place. Don't remind me. You guys looking to make a payday? I have much better paying opportunities. Well, no, because... He had said earlier that, like, we're going to be done in this town if you yeah. break your contract. Yeah, so. I mean, essentially, yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, and so, yeah, he's like, don't, you know, in my book, you all owe me a debt. And you're, where's that old guy? Taking care of Annie. She wasn't okay. <laughs> she was struck by a smooth criminal. <laughs> he was, she was. <laughs> um, he's like, but he, he he does say like you know, pretty sure we won't be working together anymore, right? Unless you willing to back pay me what you've taken out of my pocket. As he said, you don't pay up front, so you never had any gold in your pocket to begin with. The fuck out of Can't argue with the logic. The way we go. Yeah. Or at least I go. Yeah. Hope you don't be seeing us, Mr. Hagos. Yep, and, uh, you know, he just kind of, like, sits back and kicks his feet up, and he just watches, he's, like, massaging, like, his temple and like, the, the sort of hard position you've put him in of... It's not so much, like, honestly, from his perspective, it's not so much that it's promised, right? It's a bounty. Maybe you succeed, maybe you don't, but, like, he's really upset that you had the bounty in your grasp and basically took money out of his pocket, right? And... Street cred is a big thing in this town and this mm-hmm. might, you know, affect his feelings of you down the road. Well, we better wait till he goes unconscious and then shoot him to make sure he doesn't plague us later. Am I right? <laughs> ah. The camera, like, pulls out as you guys are standing beneath the neon sign. It's raining now through that, like, sort of, like, toxic uh, acid rain through the smog that, like... Normally, you might get a, get a nice smell when it first rains from, like, the plants sort of, like, opening. But there's not a lot of plants here, so it's a lot of that, like, smog smoke and the grime washing off the streets and dripping onto your clothing and just making everything smell really horrible. And the camera kind of goes from you guys standing under this bathe light across the town to Hal Brent, who... Did you stop by the Iron Bells to get the his stuff? Probably, yes. Okay. Specifically, if Tommy asked, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's my curious. Tommy asked, or Saruk asked, right? So did Saruk asked. Did so Hal actually would, do it? Yeah, I'm not, okay. If it's on the way back, I would do it. I'm really trying I to learn about they, knowing, sure. knowing Hagos, he would probably, like, 
be with him, giving him tongue lashing for a while. Um, so Hal would take it, take the stuff back, make sure the dog got something to drink, and then leave all the stuff on the counter in the kitchen. And him and the dog would go for a walk. So you get like there's like a little duffel bag with like a couple of outfits of clothes, a sort of holy book, and uh, like a set of keys for his house. So you can take the whole duffel bag or just the keys. It's up to you. But uh, I would take his. I think Saruk said take his stuff and okay, just kind of clean I out his everything. Room. Of course. Yeah, maybe even not the stuff that was his, and I just pile it in a duffel bag, not, you know, caring yeah. really. You're, you're looking around the room, right? And now that you're in here for the first time, you can see that it's actually a pretty nice room. Like, you know, this is probably the nicest room, probably equivalent to, like, the honeymoon suite, if there was such a thing at this place. It's It's been run down through time, but, like, even in the corner, there's, like, a nice sort of brass bathtub with, like, hot running water that can fill, like, here in this room. Like, although definitely has a like didn't hide out in like the slummiest of slums he had like a a level of standard that he's accustomed to and even in this sort of like moment he still wants for someplace pretty nice Mm. and uh you know you're able to clear out and go back to his apartment if you'd like and uh we see like you and and uh little annie in the uh as the rain starts kind of coming down and then uh now that the dog can walk i'll wait for a while and if they don't come back within like 10 minutes Hal's gonna be like uh there's a storm about I can smell it on the air maybe we uh maybe we need to go for a little bit of a run and as you see in the distance a uh through the through this fog and the darkness uh kind of a break in the hole in the wall and you see two hindquarters of canines one really stark white and another one black and white one much larger than the other kind of disappear quickly as they run out into the mana storm hoping to maybe get home all right so Hal, brent and little annie sort of off into the night into the the storm and the the, the whole screen kind of gets foggy and uh we cut back to like the three of you standing outside of hagos's office and Time for each one of you to go wherever you're going, and who who does who? Where will you be staying at, Saruk? I'm staying at Eldo's. The circumstances are complicated. The shortest version for all of you is: if you need me for something other than I let that hang, you can find me there. I will be in town for as long as I need to be in town for. It was a pleasure hang working with both of you likewise well if you need anything just look for kojak that's usually where we are very well may majagwa bless you and keep the pair of you there's a a long hang at reficulas it's like hand on symbol bow (laughs) turn hand on silver symbol deeper bow and then off we go in that direction off into the the rainy night just Annie or Anita, I guess we can't say Annie anymore because there's an Annie in the party. <laughs> so Anita and Reficule standing outside. Penny for your thoughts, Ruffy. I can't hear you. The rain's about to come in. <laughs> Just uh, thinking about tusks. Eh? Quite diff. What about? Eh. Eh. What, it's, like? uh, quite interesting the range that those uh those orcs have in their characters. 
Oh, no, no, that's true. But, I mean... I mean, he's so... Nice. And, uh... By the book. It is. Yeah. Just interesting, because, uh... Completely different from... Never mind. From... Just wasn't what just wasn't wasn't what I, I was expecting from an orc oh. uh, from his uh, orc of his type. I mean, usually, uh, as much as possible, you try not to have conclusions on people just from what they look like or how they are, or maybe if they've killed a person or two. I like him a lot better if he'd killed a person. <laughs> I don't know. I think that maybe he just needs to get used to Alkenstar a little bit more, at least the smoke side. I mean, from, from an outsider's perspective, it definitely is hard to, you know, understand. He walked into Hagos' office and then told the bloody man the truth. I had to pick my job off the fucking floor. That's, that's why I really wanted to go, because I wasn't sure if Hagos was going to bloody kill him. I mean, I, I wasn't worried about Saruk. Did you see how he brained that motherfucker? He did, he did, he did. However, I mean, you have a lot of schlocky people over here. Yeah. We don't know who Hagos is. Could have been a schlocky man himself. Yeah, he's all talk, I know his type. Mm. But, but I like him, though. There's like the rumble of like thunder like kind of in the horizon and flashes kind of in the sky above you guys and like right around now like there's like this like uh, shield marshal sort of airship kind of like comes down the street with like a spotlight kind of searching through the streets and you see it kind of coming your way as this like blimp type thing with a big motor fan sort of like pretty loud just kind of floats down the street I make my eye patch make sure my eye patch is secured pat down Alright, well, the night's still young. Do you want to go to Miko or Kojak? I mean, we've got some gold. Let's try to make some more, shall we? Oh. 